bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. Uh, I wanted right off the top to send a shout out to listener oh. Ali Nitro for giving us a three-star review on iTunes because we have too many ads. The review said, so many ads. What they've got to say is great, but the majority of the show is taken up by promotions. Wow, the majority of the show. The majority of the show. Mm. And Mama, you know what I like to say to people who um, think we have too many ads what? and promotions. Mm-hmm. I think they should join the Patreon. <laughs> oh, oh, if you like listening to us and you think we have a lot of good things to say, then you should go to patreon.com slash politics and listen to the Patreon because you get a one hour long podcast for a dollar and two hour long podcasts for two dollars. And we don't talk about politics and we won't promote anything. We don't promote the Patreon on it. I know that. We don't have any ads. And the thing is, Allie, with all due, and I understand, right off the top, we did a promotion Mm -hmm. for our own shit. Because what happens is, um, this is a free podcast (laughs) to you. So that's why there's ads. And not for nothing, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And... Allie, if you want to know how podcasters survive, um, especially during the pandemic when there's barely any other work, by doing a podcast, which is free and nobody pays you, it's from ad sales. So, And we make very, 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 very little, little, which is why we have a Patreon. So while we appreciate you putting us on blast to any new listener mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. A potential guest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or anyone else, so even player haters who look mm-hmm. at the reviews, we still recommend that you join the Patreon because mm-hmm. that's really... The only way you're going to get away from the annoying, incessant promoting of the Patreon and then our overly long, apparently insufferable ads, <laughs> um, although you could fast forward them, is by joining the Patreon. But that's going to cost you some money. So you're going to have to come up off that dollar, bitch. <laughs> come up off that one dollar. Meow, meow. Let's continue with our promotion. <laughs> self, shameless, self-promotion. This isn't promotion. This is gratitude i'm sure this got on Allie's nerves i'm sure this was part of the thing that got on Allie's nerves next to the ads all they do is thank people at the beginning it takes up the majority of the show well kurt sent us a postcard meow meow for the drug dead bulletin board unfortunately it's an actual postcard without kurt's picture <laughs> oh my God. on it now okay. kurt 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 we don't just put postcards up we do have a lovely one of like this town in ireland Right, meow, meow that that Andione gave us, but it's not mm, on the the, right, the drug right. den. The drug den is for faces. Yeah, for faces. Julian Brandy, I was pleasantly surprised to hear you mention my review on your twelve oh two twenty episode of DGP. Since that day, I've decided to join your Patreon. Oh my God, you should tell Allie. <laughs> I mean, great, Kurt. Thank you. At the two dollar level, and to write you a postcard to hang on your dumb gay wall. In the future, you may see a full blown letter and a picture from New York with dumb gay love. Kurt. Please send us your picture, Kurt. We would love it. Now, Sandy Meow Meow, the oh, indemnable oh, le- is The indemnable <laughs> Sandy Dussolet. Like also, similar to Kurt, a postcard that is pictures of Linda Evangelista <laughs> and it says this is Linda from HR calling. But that's okay because we have Sandy's picture already on the board yeah. and Meow Meow is obsessed. Obsessed. With Sandy's picture. Obsessed. I mean, I just <laughs> can't even describe I honestly can't describe it. It's like a it's like a diva of the 60s or something yeah. in a modeling shoot in Paris and they're doing like a magazine cover for the covers called like Madame Couture or <laughs> something like you know what i mean like something like that it's definitely got the vibes guys yeah it's got vibes julian brandy already sent you a card last year but the last step was so brilliant i had to write you immediately 
that postcard must be from uh, I don't a long time ago. I don't know what shows. <laughs> which been, one was that? Which one's I, brilliant? I, I don't remember one in recent in recent memory. <laughs> Thank you for your continued brilliance. As a political graduate, I love Patreon and the regular weed. Thank you for the commitment you bring to both. It's been an utterly shite year. So I've really appreciated having my weekly DGP fix to get through it. Dream segment for 2021. Phyllis Goldman baking matzah with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> that would be a dream that segment. Would be, that would be amazing. See what you can do, Sandy. Wishing you health and wealth for Forever 21. Maybe time to treat the IBSD with a colonic? Lots of love, Sandy Soleil. Well, maybe. Listen, those maybe colonics, not. people walk out and like drop 20 pounds. I just don't know if I could like watch your let ship someone do tube? that and put it in my... I just don't know if I could have someone do that to me. Yeah. I don't know if it helps the IBS either. I don't know but either. I'm not going to say never say never. You know never I mean. say never. <laughs> But I try to just, how will I disassociate, disconnect while somebody puts a tube in my asshole? In the bung hole. Carrie Transu. Carrie Transu. Mm -hmm. Finally sent us a picture postcard. Ah. She's Carrie Rigsby now, Mimmo. Mm. Much better name, Care. How Total exciting. upgrade. How exciting. Lose the dead weight and lose the tragic <laughs> name. Dear Julian Brandy, I figured the start of Forever 21 was the perfect time to stop procrastinating and finally send my photo for the Drug Den Bulletin Board. Thank you for continuing to bring realness to the world of politics, manifesting Jojo and Kiki, and for making me like your friend who gets to laugh and rage with you three hours every week. The first pick is James and me celebrating Jojo and Kiki's victory. And the other two are from your show in New Orleans. I'm making t-shirts for you from James's store for Forever 21. So be on the lookout for them. Best wishes and warmest regards. Carrie Rigsby. Mm. Warmest regards. Warmest regards. David. Warmest regards, David. <laughs> it's a baby, David. <laughs> David. I mean, New Orleans has been, that show was a dream. We think about it all the time. We recently reached out to Jim and Scott about maybe getting mm -hmm. like a print or something of mm -hmm. Alex Beard. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. New Orleans artist mm -hmm. and animal rights sort of. He's like a. He's like I don't know an activist. And, yeah. Uh, an explorer. It's like a conservationist. I don't know. Conservationist. Too. Yeah. And um, he was our guest in our show, and unfortunately, the audio. Ugh. The interview was the tits. He, too bad. He, and we stayed at his house. Yeah. In like the like Garden District, yeah. in the most beautiful. I mean, New Orleans. We're obsessed, obsessed, yeah. and I know best wishes and warmest regards I mean, to New Orleans because yep. they're all, you know, they're doing like front yard Mardi Gras right, right now, right. and we're, we're with them in spirit. We love them so much, and oh, and we got the shirts. Forever the, 21. Thank you. And they're black. It's black t-shirts. You know what I mean? It's black t-shirts. Black t-shirts. we like. We I, lo like I love. Yeah. Love. So thank you so much, James and Carrie. <laughs> James mm -hmm. and Carrie. Mm -hmm. Now we'll have... Carrie's picture we've never had it we know what she looked like she came to this show yeah she did it backwards usually mm -hmm. we like to have the picture first so that we know what who you are when we see you at right. the show right now last but not least uh -huh. okay okay Marilyn Marsh sent us a picture of her and her perfectly gorgeous little family mm -hmm. there's so much to say about Marilyn okay we got this card like a week ago I've been obsessed and waiting Marilyn I'm obsessed with you I'm obsessed with you she sent us a gift card oh. too which is totally unnecessary Marilyn your notes and your writing and your picture and just it all it just it hit every box her writing is so interesting she has this way of writing her ands and on the on the envelope which has two pictures of JFK. She did two stamps, <laughs> just in case, because you're like, mm, I don't know if this is going to be over the weight. Right, I don't always, want to, you oh, know. Yeah, uh -huh. And it says Julie Ann Brandy. So she does the and on. So right away, I was like, huh, who is this from? <laughs> and we open it, and she does it every time she writes and inside. I don't even know how to describe it. It's I'll like an ampersand that is off center and almost askew and elongated. But it says and rather oh, than oh, oh. An, but it looks like an ampersand right she's making the word and right look like that yeah it's cool it's so fucking cool it's everything her her family it's her it's just all Marilyn. she's in san diego that's where i was born we love san diego we're gonna come and stay with you so we can go get drugs but we won't have to tell you when we go over the border brandy and julie sorry for the matching stationery it's all i have and i figured it was better than 
binder paper. Happy Forever 21 to you gals and happy belated birthday, Brandy. One of the original 14 and proud $2 Patreon subscriber over here. Currently, I am the CEO of my household, aka stay-at-home mom, and since quarantine, my husband, who has been working from home, and my five-year-old son, who is Zoom schooling, have both invaded my territory. Your podcast, which used to serve as an escape from typical DC politics, now serves as an escape from my family. Many thanks to you guys for keeping me sane during these crazy times. My family and I love and appreciate you both. I hope when this is over, you will have a live show in San Diego. If you do, let me know and I will be sure to buy the drinks. Keep being awesome and stay safe. Heart, Marilyn. The, I can see the, the, it's, it's, who has ever in your life ever done that? It's, it's so great. I it, love it. It's so great. She said she's one of the original 14. Who Marilyn, knew? where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? I'm so stoked. I don't know why. It just really, I was just like so excited. Of course, we love new new listeners too. That's always like super exciting too. But for her to say one of the original 14 and it's yeah. like, wow. Oh my God. Uh, who knew? I mean, and after all this time that we didn't know that she was one of the original 14 and now you the know. picture so it's the, it's their christmas card but it says happy new year but they're in front of the christmas tree <laughs> and it says love will marilyn winston and harold now i'm assuming they put the the dog last their little guy he's just got like a ton of personality yes and so it says we know it's late we tried <laughs> so cute and then it says Happy New Year. And then it says Happy Lunar New Year and Happy Valentine's Day while we're at it. <laughs> it's just like, and then if you look at the pictures and their little son is, they're both so cute, Marilyn and Will. And then the son is so cute. Harold is so cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, just living it up in San Diego. And somehow I'm going to have to train. <laughs> when I was younger and I wanted to, <laughs> I would see the way someone wrote. Like I always wanted, I hated the way I wrote my B's. Mm. And I saw someone, I finally would keep my eye out and I finally saw someone who wrote it and I liked it. And Mm -hmm. I go, I'm going to copy that. And I just had to train myself. I got to just practice doing that. Uh It's clearly like second nature to her. We don't write too much stuff. No. But except for checks. But and that might be where she started doing it on checks. Oh, that makes sense because you're always trying to make room on the check. (laughs) Right. And it just kind of seemed like a Czech kind of vibe. It does. It, it does. Yeah. It does. It does. It does. You're fascinating, Marilyn. You mm-hmm. really, you really, you got right into our hearts. Right in. Okay, Meow Meow. It's Forever 21. Oh, I'm so excited. And we are definitely embarking on our basic bitch health journey. <laughs> yep, okay. Yep. We're not even going to look at our shit like a diet because it's not even that at this point. We're trying to firm up mm-hmm. and just get healthy. We're really trying not to get liver disease, if at all possible. <sighs> trying to bring the inflammation down. You really know what I mean? Get rid of all the fungus and shit mm-hmm. and just... Yeah, clean so it out. It's all just about, you know, you look weird, you're going to be weird, okay? <laughs> we need the insides looking healthy. <laughs> we need the inner glow. Yeah. I don't even know if we would be on the basic bitch journey if it were not for Wild Bar. When we found Wild Bar... Wow. Transformation. Okay. Now the appetite is being curbed. The appetite is being helped because each of these bars is soup is filling. It's like literally actually like a filling snack and or you could even use it as a meal substitute. I feel like it's been more life changing for me because you will eat healthy things. Yes. And I won't. Mm -hmm. We're all just trying. It's the ketosis. It's the keto. (laughs) It's the fat burning. It's the keeping, you know, your blood sugar even. All of these things, you're you're trying to avoid the blood sugar spike, the highs and lows of sugar, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm trying to starve myself. That is my, I don't give a fuck about blood sugar. I don't care. Keto bullshit. What I care about is eating less food. So when I'm doing, I'm doing intermittent fasting, Mm. I need to try to, push through the last couple hours before I'm going to eat a meal right without just ripping open Doritos and eating them right this wild bar yes it's a godsend Mm -hmm. what's great about the wild bar is that you're getting you savory and sweet so if you're a person who like loves sweets or you want chocolate or you want candy or whatever or maybe you want chips or you want nuts blah 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 this is giving you kind of both which is 
amazed. Because it's got they've got fruit flavor, so it's like cherry, blueberry, pineapple. But they're made, I think the majority of it is hemp seeds. I'm not even sure. You look down at it. Yeah. It's seeds and nuts and berries <laughs> and twigs that are all mm-hmm. put together in this bar. Mm-hmm. When you eat it, it is so filling yeah. and so satisfying. Yep. My jaw gets tired. By the end, I'm like, my jaw's tired of chewing. You think you have a big appetite? You think you want to fucking eat, eat, eat? Yes. When your jaw gets tired, you know it's like you're full. That's like, you That's know what true. I mean? That's true. That's absolutely true. It's why people want to rip in, like you, Mamau, you mm-hmm. want to eat bones. You want to rip into steak. I do. And you eat these nuts and fruit, and it's like, you will get full. It's an independently owned, you know, it's like some fucking jujitsu guy, whatever. <laughs> it's not some big company. It's not owned by Nestle. We really appreciate that. I went on the website and I saw that they are like available at Air One. I don't even know if they have them anywhere outside of L.A. or, I've or, never heard or of like San Francisco. Uh-huh. Like, but, you know, you see Jennifer Aniston walking out with like a bag of algae and right. she's like eating it and it costs $350. <laughs> it's like it is so they are so particular about what they carry they just will not it is it's every single you know everyone in there is like wearing patchouli and like worried about the oh, environment i'll tell you we've we're it's countdown t-minus to when jennifer aniston is walking out eating a wild bar i'll tell you that right now and if you want to be like jennifer aniston walking out of everyone eating a wild bar then you need to go to wildbar.co wildbar.co put in promo code valentine 15 for 15 percent off that's wildbar.co wildbar.co and put in promo code valentine15 and you are going to get 15 percent off all right now it's time for jojo and kiki lock the doors lower the blinds fire up the smoke machine and put on your heels because i know exactly what we need jojo and kiki i want to have a kiki lock the doors hey. jojo and kiki Honey. Well, we're six weeks into Forever 21, and it's shaping up to be a lot like 2020, except for one crucial thing, JoJo and Kiki. We've already had as many catastrophes, both literal and existential, as we had in 2020, and it hasn't even been two months. But this time, Republicans are responsible for every single one of them. Full stop. And we don't have to listen to Trump and his rotted family spin otherwise. Fox News is trying, but they've got nothing. Sorry to care. You can't blame Gavin Newsom in the blue states for what happened in Texas. Nope, you sure can't. What's happening in the Republican Party is absolutely Trump Anna's meow meow. We told you guys last week about the fight that cracked the party in half. The most powerful Republican working in the government is undisputedly Senate Minority Leader Mitch McAsshole. (laughs) But he is no longer the most powerful Republican in the party. That is now Trump. And now that he's no longer president, Trump is just a full-time cult leader (laughs) doing what all cult leaders do, trying to get money out of his gross followers. And the easiest and fastest way for Trump to get donations from his Nazis is to tell them that he's going to get all the Republicans out of office who helped Biden steal the election because they don't believe in the Democrat pedophile ring. (laughs) And that's exactly what he said he's going to do in the statement that he issued to Mitch McConnell. He said that he's going to endorse Republican candidates in the next Senate primaries who have the same views as he does. Racist MAGA psychos who literally believe that there's a pedophile ring being run by the Democrats in Washington. It was all fun and games until he threatened to fuck with the Republicans in the 2022 midterm elections. That statement started a civil war in the Republican Party, and now they are all being forced to pick sides. Mitch McDouchebag or the MAGA morons. His disgusting daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, went on Fox News the other day to talk about Trump's first public appearance, which is coming up on Sunday at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Orlando, and she called him the head of the Republican Party. Mm. She called him that on Fox News. Mm. They're not going to start a third party. No, they're taking over that one by destroying it. And for me, it's super fun to watch. (laughs) I'm so invested in such a toxic, unhealthy way. I feel like I'm watching a housewives reunion every day. Yeah, there's bickering and fighting and infighting 
And at the end of it, half the people will lose their job and their lives are basically ruined, but you love it because you hate them. It's just, it's not good. I, I need to talk about it in therapy. I know that it's not healthy the way that I'm enjoying every second of it. Right. And yet what, I mean, what, how do we stop? I mean, the problem is that I know even my therapist also enjoys it. So even when you talk about it, he's like, yeah, I know, but they're going to get their due. I mean, you can't help it. I'm sorry. The downfall of white supremacy. What are you going to do? It's yeah. fun to watch. We want to watch it fall. Well, that conservative conference is called CPAC, and it's completely gross. They have it every year, and it's all Republican scumbag donors and pundits. And then there's actual elected officials there, too. They call it the largest and most influential gathering of conservatives in the world. It's not surprising that they'd ask Trump since he was technically the top conservative for the last four years. But what's crazy is that they asked Mike Pence, too, and he said no. That right there tells us all we need to know. Mike Pence is clearly distancing himself. And not just because Trump's cult tried to kill him. It's obvious that he's in the same boat as half the fucking Republican Party. He doesn't want to have to pick which side of the war he's on. And Mike Pence is the biggest shill puppet yeah, I'll tell me what to do guy out there. And his representative said he's going to basically go underground for six months. Oh, my God. Like he's just going to stay out of the public eye for the next six months. That's not going to get him out of it. No, there's going to be a, a moment where they're all going to come knock, knock, knocking at the door and he's going to have to decide what he's going to do. He's I mean, not just I'm not going to go to the CPAC around election time, midterms, primaries. They're going to want him to trot him out. Yeah. And what's he going to do? He's going to sit. I can't, mother. I have to. And what I are the rest with of them mother. Do you think that, that Trump is going to come from? I think it's going to be the, like McConnell, McConnell and all yeah, of them. Yeah, I think it'll be the more moderate. I think it'll be the ones that think that they're not like Trump. The regular Republicans, just right. the shitty, you know, racist assholes, not the MAGA dicks. Right. And according to all of, the, you know, all of the experts on all of the Sunday shows, there is no civil war. Trump side won and he owns the party. And you got, like Lindsey Graham said, you got to get with him or get the fuck off the boat. I think that's like a little glib, Tom. I think that's like a little <laughs> yeah. glib. Like, I do think that there's clearly some, like the Michael Steele's and you're being glib, Matt. Yeah, Matt. I mean, right. Not Tom. Cause <laughs> that, right. Cause Matt was Matt, Matt, right? Matt. You're being glib. Right. Michael Steele, the Michael Steele's, let's say, want to be Republican. The Megan McCain's want to be Republican. They don't like Trump. They don't like the MAGA thing. They don't think they're extremists. Blah, 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 blah. They want their party back. So I don't think that I think they yeah, I mean, think they're still you're fighting. Right, you're right. It, it, it's definitely the Democrats who are saying it's Trump's party now, but he's winning, let's say, the civil war at this point. Uh, that I think is true. I definitely think he's winning the civil war at this point. But there are those those ones that are still going to keep fighting. Well, to be continued, we'll see what happens at CPAC. I can't wait till I'm going to watch every second of it. Okay, now it's time to take another trip to Cabinet Street. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Cabinet Street? Where is Cabinet Street? It's confirming many on the street. Not yet. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, after one month in office, JoJo and Kiki have less cabinet members confirmed than Bush, Obama, Trump, and Clinton had at this time. It's ironic that the American school system is facing the biggest crisis any of us have seen in our lifetime, or perhaps ever in history, and the Secretary of Education has yet to be confirmed, simply because the Republicans and Trump are useless twat monsters. Correct. But amid all the nonstop chaos and noise, Biden's nominees are doing their hearings with their respective Senate committees. So this week, we're going to continue our meet and greet on Cabinet Street and try to get to know the important players in the JoJo and Kiki administration who will eventually, sometime, someday, <laughs> some way, be confirmed. And then also one particular nominee who isn't going to make it. Just for fun. Mm. Why not? The reason we are introducing these people and trying to commit them to memory is because we did it way back in 2016 with Trump's cabinet. 
we made it a point to remember every single person that Trump nominated and fleshed them out to be the three-dimensional monsters that they were. <laughs> From Rex Tillerson to Betsy DeVos to Steve Mnuchin, there wasn't a rancid pube hiding in Trump's lunch that we didn't know about. That's so true. But for whatever reason, I, I don't know, I guess because they're not monsters, these people are hard to fucking remember. The easiest one to remember is the bitch who won't get confirmed. Okay. And you know why? That's why. That's just why. She's a huge bitch and therefore very entertaining and easy to remember. So with that, let's do a quick recap on the cabinet members that we've met on Cabinet Street so far. Okay. Okay. So far on the podcast, we have met the White House Chief of Staff, Plain Jane Ron Klain. Susan Rice will be the new director of domestic policy. Everybody knows Susan Rice, right? Everybody knows. <laughs> Damn it, Janet Yellen is the secretary of the treasury, who we love. Pete Buttigieg is the secretary of infrastructure, which would seem pretty important right now with the Texas situation. But we don't really know how involved he is since Texas isn't connected to the national power grid and their state legislators do not welcome intervention from the federal government, unless it's in the form of free money and aid for them. Jennifer, Grandma's Home and Grandma's Pretty Granholm, is the new Secretary of Energy. This is where it gets dicey, okay? (laughs) We love this Jennifer Granholm. And we played a clip and tried to make a nickname, but all we could remember was the nickname and not her name. Jennifer Granholm, okay? (laughs) Jennifer Granholm. Uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha Fudge is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Again, we love her. But did we forget? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hopefully these people will be more memorable as they are able to do their jobs. They need to get confirmed and the stupid COVID bill needs to pass. And then we can get on with the business of getting on. Antony Blink 182 Blinken is the new Secretary of State. Ale Ale Alejandro Mayorkas is the head of the Department of Homeland Security. And up until the woman we are going to tell you about today who won't get confirmed, Alejandro Mayorkas was the most controversial, which is ridiculous and just shows how differently Democrats and Republicans prioritize character and empathy. This guy is in our top three favorites of Biden's picks, if not number one. There is literally no good reason to vote against him. And yet 44 Republican senators did. If you missed us talking about him, go back and listen to Cabinet Street from the February 2nd episode. It's called COVID Haunted Mansion. Alejandro Mayorkas is the shit. And Republicans need to put some respect on his name and we need to try and remember it. (laughs) And last but not least, Linda Thomas Greenfield, otherwise known as Linda Jonathan Taylor Thomas Greenfield, is the new UN ambassador. Linda Thomas Greenfield is a living legend and we love her. Does that make it easy to remember her name? Unfortunately not. This is why I'm a terrible student, why I can't retain information, where it just is sort of this cloud. But you know what? As long as you start to have a physical feeling for these people, it'll come. It'll come. It'll come. I'm just grateful that preparing for this crappy podcast gave us the opportunity to watch these people's opening statements at their hearings. It is much easier to remember their faces and their stories because they're all just Mm -hmm. amazing. So we recommend that you guys Google image or pop over to YouTube to see what they look like in addition to listening to the clips we play. Seeing them speak is particularly powerful. I absolutely agree. And if you can't sit through like the hearing and the boring questions and the insufferable questions of many of the senators, their opening statements are all worth watching because that really does give you a sense of who they are, what they believe in, what they're going to do with their job. Yeah. It's it's and you can tell. Yeah, you can tell. And they're only five minutes. Okay, so here's the new people. Let's get on with the shit. So we're going to start with Merrick Garland, JoJo and Kiki's nominee to be the new United States Attorney General. For those of you who don't know, don't care, or just don't remember, Merrick Garland was Obama's pick to replace Anton and Scalia on the Supreme Court, and Mitch McDuty blocked the nomination. For him to come back around now and become the Attorney General and the head of the entire Justice Department Mm -hmm. is the best fuck you to every Republican (laughs) who ever player hated him. And revenge aside, the guy gave up a lifetime judge appointment Mm -hmm. for the chance to be the Attorney General, the chance, he hasn't been confirmed, for the next four years, which means he will be in charge of the investigation into all of the radical extremist groups who stormed the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he's Jewish and his family fled Russia to avoid persecution and took asylum here. 
So he's got that going for him. <laughs> also, he was a top official in the Justice Department during the Oklahoma City bombing and the freaking fucking Unabomber. Mm -hmm. So he's taking on the capital crunch rap supremacists and the level of experience he has in dealing with domestic terrorism, even specifically extremist militia groups, which were involved in the Oklahoma shit, is astounding. Yeah. That's some like universe magic shit so we're gonna play you guys a clip from the hearing his voice is very rough similar to mine now maybe he was hungover <laughs> it sounds like he might have some garland in his throat meow meow <laughs> well he gets emotional in this clip at the hearing surrounded by the senate judiciary committee and we all know they're a bunch of fucking assholes oh <laughs> this clip is what cory booker asked him a question we're not going to play cory booker's question but just know that he gets emotional because there's a lot of pauses but he's talking about his family it's really really touching and this got me past his his garland throat <laughs> okay uh yes senator so uh, you know i come from a family where my grandparents fled anti-Semitism and persecution. The country took us in. And uh, protected us. And I feel an obligation to the country to pay back. And this is the highest, best use of my own set of skills to pay back. And so I want very much to be the kind of attorney general that you're saying I could become. Um, and I'll do my best to try to be that kind of attorney general. Wow. From Bill Barr to that. I mean, he's like so emotional. Like, I really believe him. I really do. And such a big part of all of these things is, is the ability to have empathy, yep. to understand. Yep. That the government does play an important role mm -hmm. in every citizen's life. He's understanding immigration. He understands the need for asylum. He understands persecution. Every case is different and you need to have an understanding of that stuff. He's I couldn't be happier that someone had a fucking shirt on that said not enough Jews or whatever that shirt said at the Crunchwrap fucking riot. Camp Auschwitz? Four million wasn't enough or whatever oh, the number right, is. Oh, right, right. Oh, uh-huh. And it's just mm -hmm. like, get ready. Just get yeah. ready, sir. Get ready, sir. You well, got, you got the wrong bitch coming up your nuts now. <laughs> exactly. How exciting. Next up is Biden's pick for the new secretary of labor. His name is Mayor Marty Walsh, and he is a, a diamond in <laughs> the rough. OK, we knew nothing about him. So we were shook when we found out that Marty McFly Walsh was the mayor of Boston. To hear this guy is to love him, okay? So we're going to play a good chunk of his opening statement from his hearing. Also, his life story is real interesting. It's wicked awesome. <laughs> I want to thank President Biden and Vice President Harris for the honor of this nomination. I share their commitment to the health and safety of the working people carrying our country through this pandemic, this very difficult time. I share their commitment to building back better with an economy that works for every single American worker. In many ways, that has been my life work. Uh, as Senator Warren mentioned, my mother and father immigrated from Ireland in the 1950s. They both worked hard, but our American dream did <laughs> not like take shape warm blanket. until my father had the opportunity to join the laborers' union, Local 223 in Boston. That union was my family's way into the middle class. It meant a fair wage so we could have security. It meant safety on the job site so we didn't have to live in fear of accidents derailing our lives. It meant a pension so my parents could retire with dignity, and that meant health insurance. At the age of seven years old, I was diagnosed with Burkitt's lymphoma, a form of cancer. It was every parent's worst nightmare. But with healthcare treatment and great treatment by doctors and nurses at Boston Children's Hospital and Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, mm. and the prayers from nuns and priests on both sides of the Atlantic, I recovered. And I've had an amazing experience on my life's journey. As a young man, I followed my father into that union, into construction. I saw firsthand the sacrifices that working men and women make for their families each and smokes. every day. Mm, cool. In my 20s, because of the same benefits that enabled my cancer treatment as a child, I wanted the treatment for alcoholism. Mm. I'm a proud rem member of the recovery community today. Later on, as a full-time legislator, I went back to Me college too. and earned my degree from Boston College at the age of 42 years old. Mm. I share these personal details because they help shape my understanding of struggling working people and families face each and every day. And they inform my deep beliefs 
in the work of the Department of Labor. Just, I mean, <laughs> a baller, all of them. The, he really, his the, the choices are chef's kiss. They all are really coming from backgrounds where they, you know, you know what I love the most is that each of the people that he chose for each of these designations come from the background of which that department is rather than wanting to destroy that department. Right. Their desire and their life's work is about that thing, is about get whether it's getting people work or whether it's climate or whether it's da 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 It is not, however, suing the government 32 times because of you want no regulation for energy, not believing in climate change, not ever being in education. I mean, every single Trump right. nominee either was trying to destroy that department or didn't have anything to do with it. Okay, well, next up is JoJo and Kiki's pick for the new head of the Environmental Protection Agency, Michael S. Regan. Michael Tegan and Sarah Regan is an interesting one. He's a smart, handsome guy from North Carolina, and he's going to be the polar opposite of the corrupt trolls that Trump had running the EPA. I am grateful for your time this afternoon and our shared commitment to protecting our environment, our communities, and our economy. I've dedicated my career to public service. And I appreciate the opportunity to highlight my qualifications and my passion for environmental stewardship, public health, and economic prosperity. I want to thank Senator Burr and Senator Tillis for their kind words and very strong introduction. I want to thank President Biden for nominating me and trusting me to lead this important agency during a vital time in our nation's history. And again, I want to especially thank my wonderful and beautiful wife, Melvina, whom I'm blessed to have as a partner in life as we navigate life together, my son Matthew, who I'm extremely proud of and consider it a privilege to be his dad. Together, we prayed as a family before I accepted this nomination, and we're so proud to take on this assignment. I am grateful for their support. For the last four years, I have proudly served as the Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality, working to provide all North Carolinians with cleaner air and cleaner water while nurturing our state's economy. I fell in love with the outdoors growing up in eastern North Carolina, hunting and fishing with my father and grandfather. Those beautiful waters and those lands are legacies that they were proud to share with me, but they also taught me that protecting them was my responsibility as well. Like millions of Americans living in rural communities, preserving our natural resources isn't something just to balance with the economy. It's essential for economic growth, along with protecting public health and our way of life. Careful stewardship is more, careful stewardship of the environment is more than just passing down traditions to the next generation. It's about learning from the past and being prepared to combat the challenges that our future generations will face. Both of my parents were dedicated public servants. My mother, a nurse for close to 30 years, the best nurse in Wayne County. <laughs> my father served his country in Vietnam, worked for the North Carolina Agricultural and uh, Extension Service for years, and ultimately retired as a colonel with the North Carolina National Guard. So obviously after graduating from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University with a degree in environmental science, I knew I wanted to find a way to serve. And that led to my first summer internship at EPA. I spent nearly 10 years at EPA. That's crazy. Under presidents of both parties. And it's an honor of a lifetime to be invited back. Throughout my career, I've learned if you want to address complex challenges, you must be able to see them from all sides, and you must be willing to put yourself in other people's shoes. <laughs> it's a polar opposite of the last one of the EPA, yeah. which we said before. The It's a stroke of genius and also of understanding on Biden's part, or even whether it's Biden or Jojo and Kiki did it together, however they did it, to put a person of color as the head of the EPA who also understands that the environmental protection and climate change is also about climate justice yes. and economic justice and how those things are intertwined. And he clearly understands that. And so I think that's very exciting <laughs> and is. and should excite and should excite everyone, honestly. Also, he he interned or whatever the fuck at the EPA for 10 years. He worked in that office. Even just to simply know your way around the office yeah, is you're, you genius. Were, right, right. You know what I mean? Right, oh, I know where the pencils right, are. Right, right, like, right. It's like, let's get, he can get right to work. Uh, next up is Isabella Casillas-Guzman, the new small business administrator. 
Now, she's going to have a pretty crucial job helping all small businesses that were decimated in the pandemic. We spent a half hour and still couldn't come up with any damn way to remember her name. But while doing that, we found out a lot about her life. And she is very, very interesting. She's from Burbank and comes from four generations of Texans. Like me. That's right. She's you know what? You're probably related to her. She's Mexican, Jewish and German. And she went to Wharton like Trump. There's a little bit of all of us in her. Which is amazing. <laughs> amazing. I love that she went to Wharton and did her own schoolwork. <laughs> President Biden is committed to addressing inequities in our economy and providing relief to those who are struggling during the pandemic. He has focused on building our economy back better and strengthening our small businesses. And America's small businesses are counting on effective and equitable implementation of COVID-19 relief and recovery programs passed by Congress and implemented by the SBA because their survival is at risk. If confirmed, I would leverage my prior experience serving in leadership at the SBA and commit to working diligently to be a good steward of its programs. I am committed to ensuring the agency has the right systems, technology, and operating processes in place to advance its mission and reach all our small businesses. Most importantly, I will work to ensure funds get into the hands of the small businesses who have been hurt the most by the pandemic and economic crisis through no fault of their own. Right. I also pledge to be transparent, responsive, and accessible to this committee about SBA's operations and needs. President Biden has committed to advancing racial justice and equity for all Americans. If confirmed, I am committed to helping the SBA advance opportunity for all, including our underserved entrepreneurs who have faced historic barriers to start and grow their businesses. I am deeply honored by the president's nomination and look forward to getting to work immediately with the mission-driven civil servants at the SBA. Fuck yes. I mean, okay. what's the... So maybe fucking Ruth's Chris won't get the the loan <laughs> right. the covid yeah, loan that's right maybe actual small businesses yep. and entrepreneurs will get the loans mm -hmm. yeah just all of it here for all of it just like i feel like she'll work with elizabeth warren and people who are fighting all the antitrust shit i mean i blame mark zuckerberg for for i don't care what entrepreneur i don't even care if it's people doing magic spoon it's mark zuckerberg's fault i just I just feel this feeling, even though I have anger and rage and gross, toxic feeling when I watch Fox News or listen to one Republican open their mouth. But like, I know we had it with Obama, so it could change and there could be another Trump or whatever. But all of these people, they are blazing the, you know, or reopening the trail for exactly yeah. how our government officials should be. I feel like Biden made it clear from the very beginning that this was going to be his legacy from Kiki, from Kamala right, Harris on right, down. Right. He was going to put people... And, and raise opportunities for people of color and women and just keep doing it and doing it and pushing the yeah. boundaries and the barriers. And he has not stopped. And I just think it's, it's historical and amazing. And that's why the feeling is there. And it really, really, truly feels like these people and everything that's going on are a direct response to everything that has just transpired. So last but not least, Mamau, Secretary of Education, the man that hopefully has the plan is mm -hmm. Miguel Cardona. Again, we couldn't come up with a good nickname at all. <laughs> we were doing Cornova and it just <laughs> was, wasn't happening. So he's not the best public speaker. And there's so many representatives on the news right now for schools and teachers unions and COVID safety and student loan forgiveness. And they all have different agendas. Mm -hmm. Education is a state and local issue. So I don't really know how much power this position even carries other than he's clearly going to be involved in distributing COVID relief funds and deciding which schools and education centers need it most. And that's a huge responsibility. And clearly Betsy DeVos wasn't doing shit. No. And he also cares. He was an educator. Yes. And he he's has a feeling for kids who are underprivileged or right. Or I would say not privileged or, you know what I yeah. mean? Like he has a real true feeling of wanting to educate yeah. rather than make money. Investing in public education changes, changes lives and it saves lives. I've seen it and I've lived it. And I know our challenges ahead are problems that we can overcome together. As the saying in Spanish goes, en la unión está la fuerza. In unity, there is strength. We gain strength from joining together. And like our schools, we gain strength when we create a culture of community. That is why, if confirmed, I look forward to sitting at the table with the vast, diverse community of people who have a stake in education, students, 
parents, teachers, caregivers, advocates, and state, local, and tribal leaders, and the dedicated career staff at the department. Their voices matter. I can think of no higher calling than working to build a better, more equal future for the next generation. I have the same dreams for all of the students in our country as I do for my own Angelito and Celine. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. what you want to hear. That's what you want. That's the person you want running education. That's who yep. you want. You don't need somebody being like, everyone should be able to get a charter school if they want to. <laughs> and you should be able to have the right and the choice to do what you want. That's just what everyone should have the right and the choice to do. And Betsy DeVos is a literal billionaire. Literal. She bought her job. Just God. Okay. Um, I know this is going long, but we have to get into this bitch. All right. This is the lady who isn't going to get enough votes to get confirmed. And her name is Nira Tandon. She's Nira going to get confirmed. <laughs> okay. Is that your partner? Come on. Where are you from? Anyway, she's a face you've seen a million times on the news. And Joe Biden picked her to lead the Office of Management and Budget. That position is a White House job, which involves dealing with the president and how he would want certain bills budgeted. And it didn't even used to need Senate approval because it's really more of a senior advisor position. But Nixon and words and meow, 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 and all things in political and change to you and sides and other side of the aisle and foo, 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 whatever, whatever. Now that position requires a Senate majority. Well, this bitch spent the last four years on Twitter trashing Trump and every single one of the star bug nuts in Congress, including but not limited to tweeting that Susan Collins is the worst, calling Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch, and Voldemort, tweeting that Tom Cotton is a fraud, and tweeting that vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. Ugh. Oh, my God. I'm so sad. I mean, Nira, 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 Nira on the wall. Why can't you get confirmed? God. Apparently, she also tweeted a bunch of shit about Bernie Sanders as well during the 2016 election. Mm. So during her confirmation hearing, they were bringing up all the tweets. And at one point, Senator John Kennedy, who you may remember is the redneck idiot who said on MSNBC that he wanted to challenge Chris Matthews to a duel. He said to Nira Tandon in the hearing, you call Bernie Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. Oh, in God. the hearing and and Bernie Sanders is on the on the committee budget committee mm -hmm. so he's sitting there so he's sitting there with the big old chip on his shoulder all the people she nailed are sitting there mm -hmm. like so pissed whether you like Bernie Sanders or not she comes from establishment politics she was the president of a pretty huge democratic think tank fundraising pack and I'm sure they were throwing their money behind Hillary so you know that's where the, all of that came from I'm sure we didn't dig too deep as we don't want to get too attached to Nira <laughs> But we are going to play you a clip from her hearing because, again, her life story is very compelling. But alas, she definitely is not going to get enough votes. Thirst hero Susan Collins and lame puss puss <laughs> Joe Manchin have already released statements that they will not vote to confirm her. Mm. And there's no easy majority in the stupid fucking Senate without those two. I owe my presence here to their love and support and to the grit and resilience of my mother, an immigrant from India who was left to make it on her own in America with two young children after her divorce from my father. Back then, she faced a harsh choice, stay in the United States and rely on the social safety net or return to India, where she knew her children would face the stigma of divorce. She had faith in this country and made the decision, I believe the courageous decision to stay. We relied on food stamps to eat, Section mm. 8 vouchers to pay the rent. Wow. At school, I remember being the only kid in the cafeteria line who used 10-cent vouchers from the free and reduced lunch program. I remember using food stamps in the grocery store. Within just a few years, my mother found a job, and a few years later, she was earning a middle-class salary. Soon, she was able to buy a home, and eventually, she saw her children off to college and beyond. This is like the exact kind of thing that just gets me. It's like, and it makes me proud of America. It sounds dumb and stupid, but it's like, that's so cool. Yeah, like it that's is cool. so cool that that was possible for someone because of our government, what our government allowed. And now just slowly, systematically taking that, that social safety net away and away and away. I just hope that 
this administration brings it back at least a little bit. Well, they're certainly trying to. Not to mention the fact that we spent four years with somebody who went on Twitter and started an insurrection of the fucking government. And also there were other we there's not even time enough to bring up the Republican assholes who tweeted and who still got confirmed or who still were working and it's fine. But of course, she needs to not because of whatever tweets she said. And it's I can't I I, want to rip. Well, Biden has not retracted her nomination. They've been telling him to. And he's saying, nope, I feel like I can get the vote. So I don't know what Republican he's going to bring in there and give a hand job to. But let's get it going. (laughs) I mean, I I think it would be pretty great if he pulled that off. But if not, I'm happy to hear so happy to hear her story. We've been seeing her on the news. We see her on The View. It really it really did touch me. I liked it a lot. Plus, yeah, the tweets were fucking hilarious. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. And Susan Collins is the worst. The worst. Uh, we will definitely circle back around to highlight whoever ends up as the head of the Office of Management and Budget. It sounds boring, but it's an extremely important position because whoever gets it will hold the power to implement Biden's policies nationwide, which means immediately the COVID relief bill and hopefully nationwide voting reform after that. Just to put it in perspective, because like, let's say they do the voting reform bill. Somebody has got to give each state agency the money in order to set up like early voting all of these these reforms cost money in in all of each Mm -hmm. state agency so to put it in perspective under trump the office of management and budget during the pandemic instructed federal agencies to withhold federal aid from new york city portland and seattle because he didn't like how they were handling the protests so they were denied federal aid pandemic aid because he didn't like what they were doing that is how important this position Neera Tandon is nominated for is and this office now it's time for so there's that Right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it and I don't blame her, but I force her to do it every week. Why? Because our 14 listeners deserve some good news at the end of the podcast, especially after having to suffer through all the annoying ads and promotion that we do. <laughs> right. But hey. The show is free, so there's that. Oh, right, now, now? That's right. <laughs> See what I did there? I love it. Oh, you went back, circled back, tagged back, punched back, punched down, punched up, punched around. I mean, come on. Come on. People, just come on. And it was a great, so there's that. It's better than what I have. And as quick and dirty as yours just was, mine is as well. We don't need to drag this out. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just don't. So finally, I'm really happy to announce this week. For you, my my dearest love of your life, my love of my life, yes. my my heart of hearts, yes. my thousand times yes, <laughs> my jar of hearts, my angel of the morning, angel of the morning, my 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 eyes and ears, my <laughs> air I breathe, my I'm a conservative. That's my whole life. I'm that's right. All, my all father, you. my father, exactly. Fuck Facebook. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, yes, keep talking. Okay. What give it to me. And in fact, give it to me. And in fact, fuck Facebook International. <laughs> okay. So last week Facebook cut all news media of any kind from Australian Facebook users in retaliation to the Australian Parliament's proposed legislation. It's so great that it already has to do with Australia, right guys? Right guys, guys. Because- I can't believe it, guys. We just wanted to go on phone the old Facebook and look at some peaks pictures. I love that Australia started to do whatever they did to Facebook because we love Australia. Julie has an Australian holiday meditation tree every year. <laughs> We've got deep, deep vibes mm-hmm. and connects. Mm-hmm. The Canucks and the Canucks. Yep. The Canucks and the Canucks are connected. They're connected. They're connected, guys. I love that this is with Australia and Facebook. It's, I can't be getting my life pretty any great. harder. Now, what had happened was Australia said... We are sick of Facebook becoming the number one news source and their stupid fucking algorithms, which are ruining and literally destroying the world. So we're going to propose legislation that is going to make Facebook pay for any and all news sources that utilize stupid fucking Facebook. So in retaliation, Mark Zuckerberg 
cut off all the news from Australia in regards to Facebook. So Australian users, in addition, couldn't forward, share, post links in any direction. And then, oops, in addition to the news media sources that they were blocking Australians from, they also blocked charities, bike trails, Facebook itself, government agencies, health sites. During a pandemic. And this is during the during pandemic. pandemic. Okay. Because Mark Zuckerberg couldn't stand to spend a penny of his fucking (laughs) fucked up blood money. You fucking dick. That's correct. Now, as we know, Mark Zuckerberg is Satan's taint. And he is the selfish, greedy altar at which all tech CEOs seems to bend over and pray at. Mark Zuckerberg, along with other components, of course, is the reason for the rise of American extremism. Without Facebook, for example, the capital erection (laughs) probably would never have happened. I know that's very, very basic of me. That's no, but it's, it's a fact. That so shit wouldn't exist. Not everybody. They could have done whatever they could have done with their Reddit users. Right. Okay, there'd be 20 people there. Okay. <laughs> right. Listen, we all love Reddit. And it is where the weirdos go. And we all go there. But it's like, it's nothing like Facebook. The man nothing. ruined the world. The man ruined the world. Yeah. And everybody knows it. And I can't wait for his fiery death. Well, the truth of Facebook's disseminating false news false information and algorithms that push towards gross, destructive and violent meeting places, as we've just stated, is a fact. We've been saying it here for years. Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook either need to be completely destroyed or they need to be regulated, just like television or radio or media of any kind or even journalism and the news, which has a standard that they are held to. Facebook has zero standards, zero regulation, and 100% freedom to monopolize the internet with garbage, bullshit, lies, toxicity, and also for people who post pics of their baby showers. On Facebook, a white supremacist can hold a town hall. People can literally say anything, and I, I, let's say I, let's just say I, I could post a news story saying, feminist Nazis have taken over LA, and that's the reason I'm fat. And if you stay vegan, that is actually the cause of climate change. And men are smarter, and women have a secret pouch inside their vaginas, and which it's really balls. And if we don't castrate all women now, the balls will grow into abortion doctors, and they're the reason Jesus died, and the devil's Hillary Clinton, and Democrats want to eat your nips, and at the end of the end of the world, we'll begin in 2022, so the Jews will not replace us, and Trump is the morning angel. There's a couple things in there that are true. Just... <laughs> Try to figure out which ones. That's and, all I'm going to say. That's uh, all I'm going to say. Try and, to figure out which And by the way, I wrote this before you played Morning Angel. Angel of the Morning Angel on of the, the morning. Patreon. Exactly. I uh, do want to eat your nips. And I have <laughs> been. I'm a Democrat now. You are. And de- I was an independent <laughs> before. Exactly. <laughs> if I wanted to be a cult leader and I wanted to get like my cult following, I'll, you know where I'd start? Facebook. I would start on oh. Facebook. And you know what? We just had the two year anniversary of you going off Facebook, which mm-hmm. I was never on, but if I was in any way, shape, or form, it was via that. And and now we are up getting about done getting ready to get rid of Instagram. Right. So anybody who's all hanging on to Facebook, you're really behind the times because we're already moving on to Instagram. <laughs> That's true. Henny. That's true, Henny. With that said, Australia and Facebook are now intertwined in what looks like to be a precedent-setting moment for the internet and the world. Yesterday, Facebook released their vindictive dam on Australia. And so Facebook users can go back to getting their news and their lies while Australia pushes forward with their proposed legislation. The bill is called the News Media and Digital Platform Mandatory Bargaining Code. This will require Facebook and Google to negotiate and Google, by the way, and Google. Wow. To negotiate payment agreements with the news organizations if they allow users to share news content on their respective platforms. If they don't, an arbiter will figure out a payment agreement for them. It's time Facebook deals with being regulated. And since they are now literally like the number one news source for the world, they need to start being accountable and responsible. What's awesome is that now Canada has announced an exploratory expedition into seeing how they can propose how they can propose. Propose. How they can. And that's why every time I fucking go and click on New York Times or Washington Post or anything, and we don't even do Facebook, they want to be like, you got to subscribe. And now we have lovely, amazing 14 listeners. Shout out to Jade. Shout out to Sarah Wybright, who have given us <laughs> accounts. But they wouldn't have to do that if Facebook would just fucking pay the Washington Post mm-hmm. and pay the New York Times and pay whatever fucking right wing Wall right. Street Journal and Bloomberg mm-hmm. and all this bullshit. Go pay them so that people then will read those articles rather than yeah. having to go 
So, I mean, and fine, get off Facebook. Now go spend whatever money to go to each and every individual news outlet. Blah, blah, blah. But no, pay them if all. If Facebook paid them, they probably wouldn't. They would make... take away subscriptions. Yeah, even though we right. weren't on Facebook. So then we'd win-win. Oh, I, that's right. And Facebook oh, should have to pay. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled. And I'm psyched that Canada is getting on board, too, which means, you know, that it's a, it's a slow snowball and it's going to be every country's going to start getting on board. And I, as soon as fucking the world fucking gang up, gangs up on Mark Zuckerberg, bird, that's how, you know, our our government is corrupt as a fucking asshole because he paid they he pays them. The lobbyists pay them. Right. They all get the kickbacks to not do the regulation. The only one who doesn't is Elizabeth Warren. And God knows she's just one voice. Right. Exactly. In a sea of dick fucks that won't regulate. I mean, obviously, we think having to pay news sources and start paying attention and having your greedy little pockets poked at all will hopefully make him act in a more responsible manner. Maybe they will start reworking how they make money and they will be forced to grow a conscience. The only way for Facebook and for all of us to survive is if they're regulated, period. And thank you, Australia. Hey, guys, we love you. And your success will be our success. And it is about time someone stood firm to hold Facebook accountable. And I can't wait for the coalition of countries who will stand together and tell Mark Zuckerberg his days of monopolizing our information and making everyone pay him to get whatever shitty news out to us so he can continue to make money on our destruction. No, no, no. Those days are over and it's time for him to start paying for him to be accountable. And the only fake news that will be allowed to live on will be about the personal lives of thirst buckets <laughs> and their weddings. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We <laughs> love and appreciate all 14 of you so much, especially right now. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics or incessant ads, <laughs> please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules. And best of all, there's no pressure to join the Patreon. And let me just repeat that again for the reviewer who likes <laughs> what we have to say but doesn't appreciate the endless sales pitch. There are no ads on our Patreon podcast. But unfortunately, that one isn't free. Exactly. <laughs> but it's only a dollar. You get one podcast a week for $1 and two podcasts a week for $2. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free ad-free, ad-free podcasts. Plus, you get the philanthropic satisfaction of knowing that with one single dollar, you're contributing to what has become basically our sole source of income in this pandemic. But if being pressured to help us pay our bills out of the kindness of your heart isn't working, then go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and listen to a free one to see if you like it. It's free and there's no ads on it. Pop over there, Allie. You can listen to a whole hour for free without one single promotion. All you have to do is scroll down the locked podcast until you get to September and look for the episode called Windows Up Sing Time and then just press play. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or your computer, or your iPad, wherever the hell you're listening to podcasts. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. I know we tell you this every time, but if you do decide to sign up, navigating the DGP Patreon community and listening to the podcast is super easy. You can always just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and it's all right there. Or you can do everything on the Patreon app, which is free and available in every app store. Or in terms of listening, the easiest thing to do is to import our Patreon podcast feed into iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. So all your podcasts are in one place. If you're curious at all, we are literally begging you to go and listen to a free one. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And apparently full of promotion. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. 
Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan and he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 